Welcome back everybody, this is Eric and Chad here from Moss Pawn and Gun, and today we have another gun gripe episode for you. Uh, and We've been thinking about this subject for quite a while and kind of putting our thoughts together on it, and we want to talk about guns and how they relate to class struggle. I know that that's a really odd thing for us to consider in this, in this modern age that we live in, but firearms and personal protection and the right to defense has not always been something that is, is available to the common man. Uh, we look at, you know, back in the old days, you know, back during, you know, the days of kings and queens and, and everything like that, a lot of people in society were always very oppressed and very held down and they weren't able to have military arms or any type of, of, of gun or, or object that they could defend themselves with, nor were they encouraged uh, to, to take on that type of behavior. Well, a lot so. of times if you were caught with a weapon in your household, you might be, um, you know, Put in, put in jail, put yep. under the castle. <laughs> exactly. You know, well, you know, so going um, on to the early days, for instance, say that you were a, a farmer, okay, and you had a bow, all right, and you had arrows for that bow. Well, if the, the law at the time, if the sheriff or, or whoever the, the, the lawful authority was at the time caught you with anything other than, than game-tip arrows, if they caught you with combat-tipped arrows, oh, well, you know, obviously you're not hunting game with this bow. You're out trying to rob someone. The bows couldn't have a certain draw strength. A lot of people don't know that. If you were a farmer back then and you lived in, you know, uh, feudal England or somewhere like that, you could not have a long bow over a certain draw strength because they would deem that bow to be a bow consistent with combat use and, and not consistent with just hunting game. Mm -hmm. So that is so odd that even back then there was still this, this just convoluted thing when it came to protection. It was like, you know, you have that bow because you're trying to kill His Majesty's soldiers or you're trying to rob, rob us or, or rob our convoys or whatever. And it's just so crazy to think that even back then that they were, they were worried about draw strength. They were worried about what type of arrow a person had in their possession. Well, um, not to change the subject right off the bat, but I read something the other day where uh, there's some crazy senator somewhere, representative that's talking about guns that are too accurate. Too accurate. Too accurate. For civilians to own. Too accurate for civilians to own. Yeah. Well, that's a completely different thing. But It just but, came to mind. But so. not so much, though, when you look at class struggle. So, mm -hmm. so getting back to the concept of class struggle, I mean, so where does class struggle matter today? How does it matter in today's market? Well, I mean, when you look at today's market, I mean, you have goods and services and whatnot that are offered on different scales. I mean, you have, you know, um, poverty level, okay, and then you have the super rich, you know, and there's luxuries that are, you know, available to the super rich that obviously are not available to the, the people on the poverty scale or whatever, or even in the middle class. I mean, some of us, I mean, we can't exactly go out and afford, you know, a $10,000 Barrett that's hanging above our heads, right. you know, right off the bat, but you can afford maybe a $160 high point, right. you know, so, I mean, there's different cars and, and things like that that you can own. There's cheap cars, there's expensive cars, luxury cars. Yeah. I mean, there are what could be considered luxury guns as well. I mean, you may not need, you know, a $4,000 bolt action where you can get by with a $200, uh, you know, Mosin. used, yeah, or, well, a $200 Mosin or even a used uh, bolt gun like an old Winchester Mall 70 or something like sure. that that might be kind of beat up, but it still works. You know, yeah. it'll still get the job done. And that's exactly so. the case. That's exactly what we're getting at. So I think that even in the firearms world, just like other areas of society, um, it just seems like people tend to, there's always that identifiable class struggle that goes into everything they're doing. You guys know, it's like keeping up with the Joneses. Well, you people I mean? look down on you if you own a particular firearm. I and mean, right. that's, that's one of the other things we're getting at, too, is, 
you know, you got gun owners out there that if you don't own the latest and greatest or you don't own, you know, a, a $2,000 rifle with a $3,000 optic with, you know, a $300 set of rings on there, you know, and it's match tuned and you've got an optical ranging system and you've got all this hunky-dory fa fancy crap, you know, then you're not nothing. You know, if you're out there trying to plink with a, a Mosin or something like that, people like that, sometimes, not all the time, they might look down on you for that and, you know, you might you might think, well, what the hell? You know, I'm just trying to shoot my gun out here. I don't, I don't want to be badgered because of what I own, you know, right. who I am or what kind of money I make. Right. You know, they just, they want to really show their colors, you know. They, so. they do. And, and, you know, and I guess that's, that's part of the freedom of being American. I mean, if you want to, you know, spend all your money on everything that's cool and gun related or, or a cool car or whatever, and then flaunt it off to your buddies or whatever, that's fine. But, you know, there is, there is a class struggle involved in it because you see people, the gun industry, to me, is just so different, though. You know, the whole thing about owning firearms. Because if, you know, if I'm a poor person, well, I still have the right to defend myself. Oh, yeah, just because I'm poor doesn't mean I can't buy a gun and defend myself. Well, it doesn't mean that you have less right to, you know, defend right. yourself or, or less of the Second Amendment right a, a applies to you just right. because of your social status. Right. Now, now, granted, there are, you know, more than one way to skin a cat, obviously. So, you know, sure, if all you can afford is a sky... CPX2 or a little high point or something, a, a nine millimeter flying out of the end of a barrel doesn't know what it's coming out of. All it knows is it's going where you point it. Nope. So, you know, it's just so crazy. And we see a lot of that in here. You know, uh, we're here in South Atlanta. So, you know, we get everything from, it, it's such a variety of cultures that come into the shop to buy things. And that's why the whole idea of talking about gun culture and almost, you know, the, the culture clash and class clash that goes along with it is because of the variety of people that we get in the shop here. Mm -hmm. Everybody from doctors and lawyers up in Buckhead here to people that are just trying to get by, you know, it, it's it's all yeah, different or, types. Or, you know, young kids that come in that are just starting out, you know, buying guns or whatever the case may be. They might be fresh out of college, you know, living in an apartment, they don't have a lot of money and they're looking for a, a gun to defend themselves with, you know, and a shop like us, we offer a variety of different firearms on different um, on different levels yep. as far as value. I mean, you know, you might have, okay, a $200 shotgun. Well, it's going to get the job done just like the $800 shotgun, but it may not have all the bells and whistles. Yep. But, you know, that's the thing. I mean, if it's what you can afford and it's what you can use, then yep. by all means, that's where you need to start. Here's a really so. good example. Okay, you know, so comparing back to the sheriffs back in the day, you know, judging people's, uh, you know, draw strength on their bows or the type of arrows they were using, you know, and, and of course, the strength of the bow has something to do with what you intend to do with it. That same convoluted th way of thinking also applies to an instance that I heard about in California where, and of course it's always California, but, <laughs> but an instance I heard They're about in California in where uh, one of the rules that they set forth is that, okay, you can't sell a gun in California if it doesn't pass this melting test. So they came up with some bullshit what? melting test. Melting test. A melting test. A melting point test. So what they did is they said, all right, if this what gun... What are they melting? Now, hang the on. Brain? They're, they're, <laughs> and, and this is just their way of thinking. And, and of course, it's because California doesn't want cheap guns. They don't want a less fortunate or, or you know, poorer person to have the right to, to defend themselves. So, so what mean, they do is they say, all right, well, we're going to have a melting point. And if the gun is subjected to this amount of heat and it melts, then it, it does not qualify. But what they don't tell you is the temperatures... <laughs> Are like are are so see their thing was oh you can set the gun on the dash in a car and it'll melt 
Well, I mean, think about the high point that we melted down. I mean, that 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 slide is made out of a zinc alloy. It took 625 degrees. To well, melt yeah, it. but I mean, you can melt lead at just you know pretty much the same temperature, slightly higher. Right. But it's just the where are you going to experience 650 degrees? Just so you can't buy cheaper, you know, <laughs> pot metal guns in California for that reason. So that's another one of those examples where, well, okay, just, well, they sit around and they go, all right, well, how are we going to make the common man not be able to defend themselves? You know, what's the cheapest gun out there? Okay, well, here it is. All right, well, let's find a way for this to not make its way here. And that's what they did. They came well, up with some... That's kind of the same idea of, like, you know, the NFA. You know, back when they developed the NFA or put the NFA into place, which is the National Firearms Act, you know, they imposed a $200 tax on things like machine guns, suppressors, short barrel shotguns, and that sort of thing, basically just based around all the crime and whatnot that was going on, trying to equalize between criminals and law enforcement personnel and whatnot, equalize the, uh, the playing field. But, sure. you know, back then, $200 tax on each one of those items was a hell of a lot of money. You know, but one of the things was that cost uh, for that tax was not to go up with inflation over the years. That's why the tax has remained the same since 1934 to present day. Yep. So now $200 with inflation all around is 200 bucks. It's a lot of money still, I mean, to anybody, I mean, for the most part. Sure. But, but back then, they purposely made that tax, oh yeah. that price, so where the it was a luxury. Man. Yeah, it was a luxury item. That was a luxury yeah. tax. If you wanted to own something like that, then you were going to have to buy it but then you were going to pay a tax on top of it, which would some cases, or in some cases, be someone's life savings at that time. That's right. You know, but today, if it was to go up with inflation, I mean, you'd be looking at four grand. And four grand is a lot of money for just an average person to, to be able to come up with, especially if all you want to do is saw off a 12-gauge to four inches oh, or yeah, five or, inches or, or buy, something. Or buy a suppressor or something like that. You're going to spend, you know, I mean, some of the cheap suppressors that are out there now or the inexpensive ones. Yeah, $300 I mean, suppressor. Yeah, or less. I mean, yeah. you're paying four grand on that tax just to own that item. You know? Right. Well, but, another good example is, and of course, this is one of those things that gets thrown in our face all the time as gun owners, but, you know, back when, this, when the Second Amendment was actually conceived and drafted and signed and everything like that, and the whole Constitution and all this, our founding fathers... You know, we had all all of the civilians and military had the same firearms. You know, it wasn't uncommon for a male going to serve in the military to grab his rifle off the off the mantle and go oh, yeah. fight because that's all he had. Oh yeah. So you know, the the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, that's what it says. So I mean, they mean was, the same technology as the military because back well, then that was the height of technology. The same thing. That right. was the height of technology at that time, and it should not be any different nowadays. I mean. A lot of folks out there think that Second Amendment only applies to hunters. Okay, no, not at all. If I want to grab the AR off my mantle and go to battle, then I'll be damned if I'm not going to grab it and go. You know? Right. So. And, and, you know, and again, it comes down to the whole, I guess, class struggle aspect of firearms ownership. And, and you know, when you look at all the things that have happened in the past, what's happened with the aristocracy in, in you know, Europe, and what happened with you know our moving over here and becoming an independent nation, us fighting for our independence, mm -hmm. um, the way Americans are and the way we feel about gun culture and about guns in general is very well you know in line with the fact that we want to be independent of everyone else. So when we get all these foreigners to come on our videos and they go, okay, well, you know we think the Americans are crazy because there's a gun in every corner. Well, but to us, that's normal because we're a gun culture. We're gun people. Well, you think back in World War II, you know, when Japan was thinking about uh, invading the mainland here in the States. They didn't because it was said that there would be a rifle behind every blade of grass. Right. And that was a time when firearms ownership was very much cherished in this country. Yeah. You know, not it doesn't seem to be as much today, I mean, in some cases. But well, yeah. 
They but, knew that every common man had a gun. Oh, yeah. And that was very different from the society over in Japan where firearms ownership was very much not allowed. I mean, you know, sometimes families had uh, art swords or they had historical swords that were passed down, but they had no way of, you know, firing a projectile at you. They didn't have guns in the household. Right. Only the military had guns. So yeah, they had and the power. You know, there was a lot of propaganda going around during World War II from the Japanese side, you know, and they were making us all out to be gangsters and evil when we were all criminals. Oh, yeah. And we shot at each other and we hated each other and all this sort of stuff. And there was just, you know, all of that propaganda was being put down the chain mm -hmm. in order to make all of the, the Japanese citizens scared of GIs. Mm -hmm. And there were many cases where, you know, we were island hopping and Japanese civilians, sadly, were just jumping off cliffs because they thought that we were just these evie, or evil Baby killing people that were just going to grab them and rape them and kill them and rape steal them, everything. Torture them, yeah, and just they, uh, they had it embedded in their minds that we were just these evil people, and of course it just turned out to not be the case. I mean, we wanted to help any way we could, but well, even when yeah. we uh, arrived on the mainland after um, dropping the bombs and such, you know, it was a long while before you know the the citizenry actually saw what we were really trying to do over there. Right, you know, so I know, but anyway, not to get off you know subject in any way, but you know. Class struggle and gun culture are two things that, in my opinion, go hand in hand because there are a lot of different people in the U.S. There's a lot of different cultures, different races, different religions, and we all have to kind of look at things towards a common goal, and we have to understand that we all have to live together and we all have to be happy together to some degree. Mm -hmm. Some of us might hate each other. Some of us might like each other. But at the end of the day, we all have the same fundamental rights, and we have to be able to take advantage of those rights mm -hmm but in a way that we can all peacefully coexist. And well, I it think it's a very unique culture, I guess is, is the whole thing I'm trying to get at. The it American is. culture is a unique culture. Well, and something too, we don't want to alienate you know, any of the customers who want to come to the store, anybody out there who might have a lot of money, and if you choose to spend it you know, whatever way you wish, that's your right. I mean, that's the freedom and that's the liberty that we enjoy Absolutely. here. Absolutely. But you know, everybody knows one of those gun snobs or those kind of people that you know, really look down on folks who... Uh, you know, maybe lesser in society, or they might have less than them, or whatever the case may be. You know, and nobody really appreciates that kind of person. But that's not really what we're talking about. It's just mainly about the guns that are available out there, and the price structure and whatnot, and yeah. the classes of people that yeah. are you and know, I mean, available to those guns. And look, if you're a young person and you're watching this and you're going, well, one day I'm going to have a safe full of guns. Well, keep thinking that. That's how I was when I was a young person. I mean, I was thinking, dang, there's so, see so many guns I want to have. I want this gun. I want that gun. I want this gun. And I'll tell you what, I used to come in Moss all the time, even when I was, I don't want to say a little kid, but I was probably 16, 17 yeah, 16, years old. 17. Yeah. And I remember coming in Moss when I was 17, and I never got the, the, the first idea that anybody was being condescending towards me. I remember meeting Barry for the first time, mm -hmm. and just remember <laughs> thinking he was so nice to me, never gave me any problems. And uh, well, to me, that, that's just how, how gun shops should be. That should well, be nice to people. not only gun shops, but, you know, it's common knowledge out there. Most gun owners are some of the most uh, peaceful people that you'll ever know. They're some of the most cordial, courteous people that you mm -hmm. will ever know. And, uh, you know, if you don't believe me, go to a gun range and just start talking people up, yeah. and uh, you'll find out pretty quick. But, um, you know, go back to what you said a while ago. I mean, we had a guy in here earlier. I mean, he's just kind of getting started and everything, and he's got, like, a 20-gauge bolt action, you know, one of the old, like, Sears and Roebuck. I still you know, got 20 one. gauges. Oh, yeah, that's a great yeah. gun. And he's got a little pump shotgun. You know, and if that's where you got to start to get your collection going, then by all means, I mean, you have to start somewhere. I mean, we didn't have, you know, all kinds of crazy guns when we were growing up. I mean, we had 
a little what model 25 and you know some model 60s i mean <laughs> a couple of we had a high point 45 <laughs> I, I i i bought you know? a high point when i was young i oh, mean yeah. uh, we all do it so, so you got to start somewhere and there's nothing wrong with aspiring to you know have a nice collection and and get into guns and and really pursue it you know as an interest mm -hmm. and that's fine you know get it one piece at a time like johnny cash said so Anyway, uh, we yep. appreciate you watching today's video. I know this one was kind of long and drug out, <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we have many more gun gripes on the way, so I hope you'll join us uh, next week here. And uh, we have more on the way. We appreciate you watching. Take care.